Hey, you're listening to the Quarry Podcast. Get ready to be encouraged and uplifted with us today. Hey, you came to the right place tonight. Okay, all right, all right. Thank you for filling that front row. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. I need, I need my preachers on the front row. You came to the right place tonight. I am right. This is a great option for you to be here. This is a place where we can express ourselves. Um, there's freedom in here to express ourselves. There's freedom in here to shout amen. There's freedom to lift our hands. There's a, a freedom to express ourselves to God. I, I want you all to be open to that. Not be afraid of that. Not be ashamed of that. Not think about, oh, if you're a guy, what's she going to think? She's going to think you're smart and attractive. And if you're a girl, oh, what's he going to think? He's going to think the same thing. Everybody's like, I'm not looking for a girlfriend. Yeah, right. All right. Um, <laughs> hey, we're going to go... Uh, do the same thing we did last week, but a different installment of it. Last week, we talked about Matthew 6, about seek ye first. Yes. Talking about seeking the kingdom of God. Yes. Our three main points last week were, one, be loyal to God. Yes. Where does your loyalty lie? Yes. Point number two was get a crew that will seek with you. Did you find anybody yet? Yes. Okay, good. Glad to hear that. Awesome. I even texted a couple people. Get a crew that will seek with you. Remember, don't get clapped. Uh, point number three. To know God is my aim. That's what we're here tonight. That's what we do on Wednesday nights. That's what we're doing here, seeking God. To know God is my aim. So I'm going to look at it today from just a little bit of a different perspective. We're going to jump right into it. we got the, the screen kind of thrown off to the side so everybody can see, except Sam and Justin. <laughs> Get wrecked. All right. <laughs> All right. We're going to jump right into Matthew 6.33. Same scripture as last week. It's the, the thing we're basing the whole thing off of. It says, I'm going to read it off the screen because I can do that. <laughs> Seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously. Righteous, righteous, my dude. And he will give you everything that you need. So we see that we're supposed to seek first the kingdom of God. We, we learned that the, the kingdom of God was righteousness, peace, and joy. Righteousness is the perfect holiness of Christ. I, I, uh, I think when we think of Jesus, one of the things would be holy. So whatever you think of when you think of what is holy... That's what it is. That's what Jesus is. The other two things are real easy, peace and joy. We know when we have them, and we know when we don't have them. I don't need to explain those too much. You know when you lay down at bed at night whether you have peace or not. Because when your mind starts going like this, what you should do is tell it to stop. But you know at those times whether you have your peace or your joy. Or when all things fall apart, how do you react? Then you will know whether you have peace or joy. So... In Matthew 6, he's telling us, if you just seek my kingdom first, if you seek after righteousness, peace, and joy, all of the things that you're concerned about in life will fall into place. It's, it's really, it's a simple thing. I know it's an overlooked thing, thing sometimes. We're looking for Justin's uh, five-step five, uh, plan on, on how to make our lives better and how to, how to get this and get that, right? But he's just saying, if you seek me first, if you just seek me first, if you just... Hey, if you get up in the morning or whenever it is that you read your Bible, I hope that you are. I think that you are. I believe that you are. Whether you do that first thing in the morning or right when you get home from school or before you go to bed at night, I think doing it first thing is a, is a great thing. That's not some people's um, go-to. It is mine. But if you don't, if that's not what you, hey, I'm not a morning person, either you could learn to become one or if you're going to do it later, just be sure you do it. A lot of times I've noticed if I don't do it first, later in the day when I get home, oh, then I got to do A, then then B, then C, and I have kids, then D, and I need to work out. You know, so, so there's a number of things. Do it first if you can. Yeah. 
All right, I have a question for you tonight. And I want, when I say this, I want you guys to actually an, just answer, just throw out an answer. Okay. Uh, what happens in your house uh, when your parent or guardian uh, tells you to clean your room uh, and you don't do it? Uh-huh. Grounded. Okay, I heard a... Then, they just keep asking, right, right? Would you say they're thrilled with you when you... Okay. Okay, what happens when you do do it? <laughs> Someone says, get their car keys back. Okay, so, so, so it sounded like uh, there could be like, okay, someone could be disappointed. They say, clean your room, and you're like, you don't do it. That might be kind of mad, right? That might be a, I'm trying to help you. It might be a word we're looking for here. But then it happens if you do clean your room or you do something that maybe they told you to like two weeks ago and you do it and they notice it, then they're, they're pleased, right? Uh, what happens if you, for some of you that push mow, what happens when you don't mow the grass when you're asked? Everybody's like, lawnmower, never heard of it. What happens when you... Don't mow the grass on your ass to anybody. Spankins. Woo! Anybody? Who else mows the grass here? I know you get any boys do. <laughs> okay, so if you get... <laughs> oh, my gosh. Um, it's because you run all your mom's flowers over. Uh, so, when, so when your parent asks you to do something, you don't do it, right? They, they could be mad with, at you. But if, they, if you do do it, then, like, hey, you get an extra, extra hour of Xbox tonight. How about that? <laughs> right? Okay, now, now, now don't answer this one out loud. Don't answer this one. How does God react when you're supposed to read your Bible and you don't? How does God react when you see that person that's crying at the lunch table and you feel the Holy Spirit say, go talk to that person. You say, I'm too scared. How does God react? I'm going to let you answer that in your mind. If you want to shout it out, you can, but just answer it in your mind. Okay. How does God react when he says, read your Bible and you do? Okay. Everybody, I know everybody's answering that, and they're, it's all, you know, it's all coming together. Um, some of you, when I asked what happens when God tells you to read your Bible and you don't, some of you just thought he gets mad at us. That was your first response. And then you thought, well, if I do read my Bible, he's happy with me then. He loves me. So if I don't do what God said, he's mad at me. If I do do, do do, what God said, He's happy with me. Can any, will anybody be honest and say that you had that thought process? Anybody? Come on, me and Emily and CJ so far? Roman, okay, pretty All right. I think a lot of us might have that idea. Because that's what we see. That's our example in our life. Hey, our moms and dads, hey, awesome. They're great. We love them. Guardians, we love them. But sometimes we think if they react like this, God reacts like this. Here's the bottom line. Here's, here's what I want you to remember the most out of anything tonight. God loves you because he loves you. And there's nothing you can do about it. God loves you because he loves you. And there's nothing that you can do about it. Our parents, our guardians, they love us, but they don't love us like God does. Human love is conditional. If you mow the grass, we're pleased. If you don't, we're ticked. If you don't take out the garbage for the 14th time, it's overflowing, and now you started a pile on the floor next to it. If you don't do that, we're upset. If you do do that, we think you're, you know, we're posting on, our parents are posting on Facebook, look what Johnny did, and he took the trash out, right? But do we think that way, right? That's, that's kind of what we're used to seeing. And then we think, but well, mom and dad are like that, God's like that, right? I did this one thing, I told this, I lied, or I cussed this person out, and so, you know, God's probably really mad at me, so I better do something good to get him happy with me again. Do we think that way? 
I have. Sometimes I still do, and i got to check myself. Let's not have this idea that if we spend more time with God, then he will love us more, that he will promote us more, that he will give more gifts to us, because that's how humans are. That's what humans do. God doesn't love me more if I spend time with him. He just loves me. You should spend more time with him. But God doesn't just, if you spend more time with him, he doesn't love you more. God doesn't love me more when I read two hours in my Bible. He just loves me. God doesn't love me more when I tell my friend about Jesus. He just loves me. God already loves you just as you are. But none of us deserve it. based on our own actions or, or, or how, how religious that we think we are. None of us deserve it. I want us to, I want to, really want us to think right on this topic when it comes to seeking God. Why are we doing it? And, and if we don't do something that he didn't force us to do, but he said, you should do this. If we don't do that, do we think, God, oh, God's mad at me this week, man. I really blew it with God. Or if we, hey, dude, I read, I read one word out of my Bible. God loves me so much. We think that way. Or we think, man, man, I'm just... I'm God's favorite today. I actually am God's favorite. But like, we think like, yeah, we think that way, right? Like, oh, I, I did all these great things, so I must, man, I just, yeah. God must be telling all the angels in heaven about me right now. Right. We think that way. God loves it when we seek him. But he also loves you the same even if you don't seek him. That doesn't mean, okay, cool, I don't have to seek him. Awesome, thanks, God. See you in heaven one day. No, 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 that's not, that's not the attitude to take. I'm going to talk to you about a couple things that please God. Okay, I will. Here's some things that please God when we use our faith. Let's look at Hebrews 11:6 6, out of the Passion. It says, and without faith living within us, it would be impossible to please God. For we come to God in faith, knowing that he, is re- that he is real and that he rewards the faith of those who passionately seek him. We see that there's a reward when we use our faith. I'm talking about some things that pleases God. The bottom line tonight is God loves you because he loves you and there's nothing you can do about it. But there are things that we can do that please him. Yes. Nothing you can do will change the way he loves you. Right. Nothing. Yeah. Let's look at another thing that pleases God. Uh, when we grow in holiness. Yeah, right. Holiness. I love the word. Some of you are like, gosh, i got to give that thing up. You do. I'm sorry. When we grow in holiness, that pleases God. Let's look at Philippians 2.13 out of the NLT. It says, for God is working in you, giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases him. That means you don't have to think, I need to do this by my own works and by my own strength. It tells us right there, for God is working in you. That's if you have Jesus living on the inside of you. If you've said yes to him, if you've accepted him into your life, then this is true for you. It says, for God is working in you, giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases him. So God's pleased when we grow in holiness. Another, another way God's pleased is when we show humility. Psalm uh, 149.4 out of NLT, it says, for the Lord delights in his people. He crowns the humble with victory. Isn't that awesome? So I want to, I want to, last week when I taught, I, t- I touched on it a little bit, but I want to go f- further into this because I just think a lot of times when it comes to, hey man, I've been, uh, I've been reading my Bible lately. We think that God loves us more. We think that we've earned something. I say, run with it and do that stuff like crazy. Read your Bible, worship, pray, tell your friends about Jesus, do that stuff. But let's, let's understand why we're doing it. 
All right. I have three points here for you. In our seeking, number one, keep your motives in check. Ask yourself, what's, not out loud, what's my reason to seek God? What is your reason? What's your point? What's my reason to seek God? Do I think if I spend more time with him, he will give me more love, more favor, more stuff, right? We think, we think that. Am I the only one? I see some head nods out there. So, okay, so you're with me on that. Our only motive for seeking after God should be to know him and to love him more. I've noticed the more I seek him, the more I love him. You know, God's not a vending machine. Did you know that? Do people even use those anymore? He's not an Amazon wish list either. either. He's not. He's not the big waiter in the sky. We're like, God, get over here. My drink was wrong. Fix it. <laughs> What's your motive? What's your motive for, for seeking God? You know, I think it'd be the wrong motive if I went to Justin because I like Justin, but I knew he was good friends with CJ. So I just, just went to Justin to Justin, so I could get to CJ, right? right. What's, what's my motive for, for getting to know Justin? Is it just to get something from it? Or is it because I want to get to know Justin? You know, some people do that. Don't be that person. You know, just a little, little pro tip, little pro tip. <laughs> so what's your motive for seeking? I just want to, to know God more and to, and to love him more. It's very simple. It's not, it's not a hard thing. Because with God, the more I know him, the more I will love him. Let's look at some bad motives for seeking God. I've been guilty of all three of these, and sometimes all three of them. <laughs> I know nobody will relate. Okay, here we go. Here's some bad motives for, for seeking God. Number one, earning God's love. That's a bad motive, earning God's love. Let's look at Ephesians 2, 8 through 9 talking about a bad motive is earning God's love. Um, God saved you by his grace when you believed. And you can't take credit for this. It is a gift from God. Salvation is not a reward for the good things we have done, so no one can boast about it. It's a bad motive, trying to earn God's love. What's another reason? How about guilt? Another reason for seeking God. All right. God, I just really messed up. So in order for me to cleanse my conscience, in order for me to feel a little better, and the only reason is, so uh, the only reason I'm going to do this, God, the only reason I'm going to spend a little extra time with you, the only reason I'm not going to look at pornography today, but I'm going to read a little bit of Bible is just so I can feel a little better. So I feel guilty. So now I'm going to seek you. Been there, done that a hundred times, 200 times, 600. I've done it. So, a bad motive for seeking God, yeah. guilt. Yeah. And another one is a uh, personal gain. God, I'm, I'm coming to spend time with you. I'm, I'm coming to, uh, you know, Amos has got a microphone in his hand. Maybe, maybe it's because he read his Bible a whole bunch that he has a microphone. In his hand. Maybe I'll do that. Maybe I'll spend more time with God. No more Bible scriptures, so they'll put me up in front of people. <laughs> Actually, never exactly desired this. I just keep finding someone saying, here, here's a microphone, speak. It's like, okay. Yeah. Personal gain, a lot of people spend time with God. They seek him. So what, Lord, what can I get out of it? Here's the thing. Here's the cool thing. We do know that when we spend time with God and we can use our faith, there are certain things that will come as a result. There's a lot of promises in the Bible that says, God says, if you do this, this will happen for you. But that should always be number two. Our first reason, God, I just want to know you. Here's some good motives for seeking God. How about because you love him? 
Matthew 22, 37 through 38 says, Jesus answered him, love the Lord your God with every passion of your heart, with all the energy of your being and with every thought that is within you. This is the great and supreme commandment. It's love. That's our, that's our motive for seeking. It's, it's the first and that's the most important. I have a few more. Gratitude. I owe everything about me, all the good stuff about my life to God. I'm forever grateful. I am forever thankful. I always have a reason to say thank you, God. I always have a reason to show him my gratitude a hundred times a day. He's deserving of it and he's worthy of it. That's another reason I seek him. It's because I'm thankful. Another reason, we should be eternally minded. God, I'm seeking you because when I get to heaven and see you one day, I want to know who you are. Not show up and be like, oh, yeah. Yeah, my grandma took me to church when I was nine. And I said yes to you. Hey, good to see you again. It should, it should be us stepping into heaven like, Jesus, I've been waiting for this moment. I've been reading about you my whole life. I've been, every time I go into my Bible, you show me something different about you that I didn't know before. And I'm so excited. I'm, I'm eternally minded. That's a reason I seek. Because I want to know the one who created me. Because one day, we're all going to spend eternity with him. That's forever. You know, everything here on the earth has a time limit, a start and a stop and a season. Heaven doesn't have that. I haven't figured that one out yet. Okay. We should be eternally minded. And another, another reason we seek is there's rewards for it. If we, if, we, if we seek God, he said, if you seek me, then these things will happen for you. So there's, there's, there's benefits. It's not just God's like, spend time with me. He, actually, he wouldn't say that because uh, then we'd be robots and he'd be making us do something. He wants us to, but he'll never force you to. It's called personal discipline. And we can all do it. So in our seeking, keep your motives in check. Number two, just know that you were already perfectly loved. Ephesians 1, 5 through 6. It says, for it was always in his perfect plan to adopt us as his delightful children through our union with Jesus, the anointed one, so that his tremendous love that cascades over us would glorify his grace for the same love he has for the beloved Jesus he has for us. And this unfolding plan brings him great pleasure. Just know that you were already perfectly loved. You know, if God loved you before you knew him, when you were a sinner, if he loved you then, then you know he most certainly loves you now. It's like, well, that's not how humans are. Oh, I don't love them until they act right, right? God bless you. That was a sneeze if anybody was wondering. He wasn't trying to play trumpet back there. Um, <laughs> if God already loved you when you were a sinner, he certainly loves you now that you're his child, that you're a son or a daughter. There isn't a single thing you can do to make God love you any more than he does right this minute. It's so true when you think about it like that. It doesn't mean we give up on our pursuit though. Please don't get it twisted on what I'm saying tonight. I'm just saying a lot of us have, have the motive of, Lord, would you told me to seek you first? Uh, you, God loves you so much and he loves, it, it, it's never gonna change. That's never gonna change for you. There's nothing you can do. I, I'm probably not the only one that's ever thought that way before. Uh, man, I've been on this great Bible. You know, if you, know if you do the Bible shred, God doesn't love you more. I'm sorry. I, I, wish, I wish I could say he loves you Getty boys more and you pap, but he doesn't. I'm glad because that means I get the same reward you guys get. Bam, take that. 
but <laughs> it's so true. God has always known from the beginning of time how we would live our lives, where we would win and where we would sin. Even if you wanted to change God's love, God's love doesn't, it won't change, even if you wanted it to. Also, if there was a way for God to love us more, I think he just would have said so in the Bible. And then all of us would be trying to do that thing, but there's not. And I'm so thankful that his love is enough. But God, again, don't get it twisted. God does love, though, when we seek him. He does love it. You know, you can think of it as a mom or a dad with their kids. I love my boys. Do I get disappointed that I do things that I told them not to? Yes. Silas, why did you choke him again? He has purple marks, and we're going to get CPS called on his kid. I still love <laughs> I still love him, even though I'm disappointed. Why did you jump off the couch with your knees onto his rib cage? Please. I don't want him to go to the hospital. <laughs> All right, let's move on to point number three. Talking about in our seeking. Number three, what we seek after, we will love. What we seek after, we will love. When I take my wife to dinner on a special date and we go to Stony River because it's delicious, or I wear the cologne that she likes, or I buy her dark chocolate and champagne gummy bears from Lolly and Pop. Anybody? Delicious. Four different flavors. Valentine. Anybody? Anybody buy any Valentine's gifts? Or Valentine's gift? If you're one of those people. <laughs> okay. Awesome. There's no romance in here. That's fine. Um, hey, the Bach household was great. My wife was super happy. But what we seek after, we will love. When you seek after Xbox, you'll love it. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. I'm reading your mail and your mail and your mail. Uh, when you're always looking for the tastiest, most delicious gossip, you'll love it. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. Yeah, I said it. Uh, when you watch pornography every night, you'll love it. Yep, mm-hmm, unfortunately, yeah, uh-huh. Everybody's like, oh, yeah, oh, not, um, that's not me. Yeah, amen, amen, uh, huh? Yeah, I said it. I don't care. Not concerned about it, even a little bit. But what we seek after, we will love. When you're always seeking after that simp to give you uh, the attention you desire, you'll love that stuff. What you seek after, you'll love. Let's seek after the right stuff. Let's seek after God. Not all these things. I know you guys love your Xbox. You're like, oh, I'm so mad that you brought that up. That was my idol I was trying to keep and pet it in the corner. Don't, don't touch that. Okay, I'm sorry. Sorry. But the more I seek God, the more I love him. It's not the other way around. If you feel that you don't have much love for seeking God or reading your Bible, I know it's a little tough, but Pastor is finishing his series this coming Sunday about discipline and, and designing your life. If you, if you feel like, well, I, I don't really have much of a desire to seek God, you have to start. Here's the thing, inside of us, if, if right now if you're not seeking God, like we should be, I'm not going to say, could you please? No, we should be seeking after God. We should be chasing after him. We should be reading our Bible. We should be telling our friends about Jesus. It's, it's, it, that's what all of us in here should be doing. But if you don't start somewhere, if you don't begin to get disciplined, 
and do the thing when you don't feel like doing it, it just, it just won't happen. It, you have to start somewhere. So if you don't feel like I, I don't really feel like I love seeking after God when I read my Bible, you just got to start. Sometimes you'll read it, I'm just going to be honest, and you're like, I got nothing from it. But then you don't realize that that one scripture you read a year from now, you might go through a situation where that scripture that had no significance all of a sudden is the most significant thing. And you hold on to that thing tightly and you, and you come out on the other side victorious because you put that in you at some point. If you feel distant from God, just get close to him. He said, if you get close to me, I'll, be, I'll get right close to you. I'm going to close with these last two scriptures. So we're talking about seeking God tonight. In our seeking, keep our motives in check. In our seeking, just know that you're already perfectly loved. And then what we seek after, we will love. Let's look at Matthew 7, 7 through 8. It says, keep on asking and you will receive what you ask for. Keep on seeking and you will find. Keep on knocking and the door will be open to you. For everyone who asks, receives. Everyone who seeks, finds. And to everyone who knocks, the door will be open. God, Jesus literally just said, if you're seeking after me, you'll find me. If you're seeking after peace, you'll find peace. If you're seeking after some encouragement, you'll get the encouragement that you need. If you feel discouraged all the time, jump in your Bible and find a scripture about that thing. And you'll find it. If you seek, you find. Let's look at the same scripture out of the Passion. It says, ask and the gift is yours. I love that. Seek and you'll discover. Knock and the door will be open for you. For every persistent one. And anybody persistent here? That's me. I'm persistent. For every persistent one will get what he asks for. Every persistent seeker will discover what he longs for. And everyone who knocks persistently will one day find an open door. You see the word persistently? I think that means more than once. Read your Bible more than once. Pray more than once. Do the thing that doesn't feel great more than once. I didn't get anything out of it. Do it again. I've done it 10 times. Do it an 11th time. I love that. Everyone who knocks persistently will one day find an open door. And that, that, that sums up this whole idea of seeking God first. A lot of us think if I seek him, he loves me more. Or, or, or I'm seeking him just to get something. Let's not have those motives with God. Life will be so much better for you if we get that one thing right. I say this all the time and I mean it. I didn't have people telling me this when I was your age. Maybe a little bit. I was in and out of different churches, in and out of different youth ministries. I never got rooted planted anywhere. It was just potted, moved around, moved around, moved around. Didn't have anybody talking to me like this. I could be much further ahead, but I believe that God has made up for lost time with me because I learned to get some of these things right. It took a while for me, but right now at the age that you guys are at right now, like I don't have regrets in life. I don't live like, man, if I only could have, but if I could have begun seeking God and hearing something like this or, or what we hear on Sundays or from Pastor Morgan, if I could have heard something like this at your age, who knows where I would be now. But I'm thankful for where I'm at and I'm living a great life and I love it. And I don't believe, I don't believe I've missed out on anything, but it makes me wonder sometimes. So I say right now for you guys is the time to, is the time to start. Not, yeah, I'll get it in my... When I'm 21, when I'm going to school and I start feeling life's pressure, because you will. When I'm adulting, you know, that's when 
people are supposed to start talking to God. How about know God right now? So when those times come, you already know what to do. No big deal. <laughs> Would you stand up with me? I want to pray real quick. I want to give everyone in here the opportunity to get to know Jesus tonight. If you don't already know him, if it's a room full of people that already know him, then we are in great company. But I want to give everybody the opportunity. All these things that we've been talking about last couple weeks and even tonight, it doesn't really mean a whole lot if we don't have Jesus living in us. So if there's anybody in here that doesn't have Jesus living in you, and I don't want anybody to look around. I know it's the fair youth pastor thing. Every head bowed and every eye closed. and No one's going to know but you and the Lord. <laughs> but I mean it, though. We don't want to embarrass anybody. But if there's anybody that hasn't asked Jesus to, to live inside their heart, to be Lord of their life, just raise your hand real quick. I'm going to look. Ready? I'm looking, I'm looking, I'm looking, I'm looking. I see one. I'm looking, I'm looking. Last chance. Five, four, three, two, one. Okay. One is a miracle to me. One is better than zero. One, heaven just rejoiced. Heaven is celebrating right now that someone is about to make a decision. Would you come up here with me? Hey, we're going to say this all together. We're going to pray this prayer together and everyone say it out loud with us. Say, Dear Heavenly Father, I know I have sinned. And I know I don't know you yet. But I accept you. Live in me. Make your home inside of me. And I will live for you all the days of my life. From this point on, I'm going to seek you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, can we, can we celebrate? Can we rejoice for a second? Thank you, Lord. Come on, can we rejoice for a second? Heaven is a lot louder than this room is right now because one person said yes to Jesus. <laughs> to me, it was all worth it. It was all worth it. Whether someone stands up and says yes or whether they say it in their heart, and I never know. It's, it is all worth it. Thanks for listening to this message. To learn more about what's happening at The Quarry, check us out on social media.